You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek podcast. This episode presented by Senior Minister Tim Johnson. We're now going to do our Bible reading. So I'll give you a moment now if you have a Bible at home, go grab it so you can read along with us. Otherwise, if you want to have a read on your phone, you can use the Bible app. If you just go to bible.com app, you can get a free download there. Our reading today is from Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion? Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbour his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children and those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. G'day everyone, my name's Tim, I'm the Senior Minister here at St John's uh, and it's a privilege to be uh, streaming into your living rooms or wherever you might be uh, as we look at God's Word together tonight. Uh, In order to organise a busy life in a busy family, uh, my family uses this whiteboard. What we do is we put together uh, two weeks worth of activities so that we can work out, you know, what all the kids are doing. so that Anna and I can really get our heads around it. Um, And this is the whiteboard for the last uh, two weeks. You might not be able to pick up all of the details of that coming through the camera onto your phone or your TV or whatever it is. Um, Although the tray baked chicken that we had for dinner on Thursday the 19th was absolutely delicious. Thanks so much for asking. Um, But the key feature of this whiteboard for the past two weeks is that pretty much everything is crossed out. Uh, One activity after the other got cancelled, we crossed them out, they didn't happen, uh, which is indicative, really, of the world that we're living in at the moment, uh, with coronavirus taking effect in our community. Uh, As I came for Sunday at six 
last Sunday, our youth life groups were meeting for the last time uh, as we go into lockdown. And uh, a number of you were here with uh, Andy, our trainer youth minister. And uh, I chatted to Andy at the door and she was so sad hearing about all of the things that were stopping for you guys and the impact that it was having on you uh, with school not happening, not the social connection, not the activities that you normally look forward to. Uh, and I admit that when I was driving to church last Sunday as well, I was, I was actually pretty teary because I knew that I'd be coming to an empty building, that the joy that I get, because I love this church so much and gathering with you guys and knowing that we wouldn't have that last week um, was really sad. I was pretty low about that. Now, don't get me wrong, it's fantastic uh, that we're able to continue to meet at church in a different way. And I'm so grateful to our fantastic tech team who've done just an amazing job uh, to get things up and running. And then every couple of days it changes and they have to find a new way to do things. Uh, but it's not the same, is it? It's not the same as actually being together, being able to be in close proximity, touch each other and be gathered. Over this year, at the start of the year, we've been doing a series called In the Valley. And we've been thinking about those low times in life and the difficult emotions that we often experience in our lives. We've, think, we've thought about uh, grief and fear, anger, uh, guilt and despair. Uh, and a lot of those emotions we are actually experiencing at the moment. Because right now we're in one of the, the deepest valleys that the world has seen in a very long time. We're in this valley of coronavirus. And now more than ever, we need to hear the words from Psalm 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So today I want us to consider the valley that we're in. And I want us to do that by looking at this psalm that Andy just read for us from Psalm 103. And I think it helps us to fix our minds on God in the midst of the current crisis that we find ourselves in. So I'd love you to have your Bibles there, um, either the passage on your phone or a physical Bible. I, I can't direct you to pick up the Bibles in the seats here because you're not here, uh, but it'd be really helpful to have that Bible passage in front of you. Now, this psalm starts and ends with exactly the same words. Praise the Lord, my soul. If you want the fancy literary term, that's called an inclusio, but it, it kind of acts like a frame around a picture, where by starting and ending with the same words, bringing praise to God, it shows you that everything in between is about praising God in the midst of these circumstances. Now, in the midst of a crisis like we're in at the moment, you might not feel like praising God. Right? Your emotions are probably down rather than up. But as we've been talking about all through this year, um, our response to God is not driven by or dependent on our emotions. It's good to praise God when we're feeling great, but it's also good to praise God when we're down. It's a choice that we can make to turn to God and to praise him, whatever the circumstances that we find ourselves in. 
Verses 1 and 2 go on to say this, Praise the Lord my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits. We're being told to remember. Remember what God has done for us. Don't forget it. Now, uh, for the kids out there, Andy asked you to grab some paper and something to draw with. I've got a task for you. What I want you guys to do is to draw a picture of all of the things that you can think of that God gives you, the good things that God gives you. You can draw it, uh, you can write a list. Uh, For our older kids, you might like to do that. And an extra challenge uh, for older kids is to grab a Bible or let ask mum and dad to uh, borrow their phone. No, don't play games on it. I want you to look at the Bible passage, Psalm 103, and work out from this psalm what are the things that it specifically names, which are the good things that God gives to us. Uh, And once you've done that, why don't you send it to me? Um, We've got an email address where you can send it, get uh, mum or dad to take a photo and send it to stream at stjohnsdc.org.au. That's on the screen there. Uh, Send it in and and we'll share some of those on our Facebook page. Uh, And I'm going to come back at the end and think about the particular things in this psalm which are highlighted, which are the good things that God gives us. But for the rest of the psalm, getting our heads around it, I want us to think about it by looking at the questions of what does this psalm tell us about what God knows about us and then what this psalm tells us that we know about God. So firstly, what does God know about us? That's in verse 14 of our psalm. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. That's a reference back to the start of the Bible, to the account of creation in Genesis chapter 2, when it speaks about God creating humankind out of the dust or the dirt, the basic elements of creation, that we're connected with the rest of creation, and it's a way of highlighting the fact that we're mortal and we're limited and we're finite. Now, coronavirus has made us particularly aware of our own mortality, particularly for older members in our community or for those who are especially at risk, uh, maybe with breathing difficulties normally or recovering from cancer treatment. Um, You might be feeling particularly frightened at the moment, particularly fearful for yourself or for other people who you love. The worldwide statistics are sobering. Um, I looked at it this morning and we're now over 30,000 people worldwide who have died as a result of coronavirus and it's, it's climbing day by day. It's quite staggering, the numbers. And we're not used to being at risk like that. Right? In the year 2020, our assumption is that medicine and science have got everything under control that if we get sick, that there's a treatment, there's a pill we can take or something that a doctor can do to help us. And here we are where we've got an invisible invader for which there's no vaccine and there's not effective treatments, which is why we need to do what we're doing, to isolate ourselves, to separate ourselves from each other to stop the spread of this virus so that we can protect particularly 
those who are most vulnerable. Now, as serious as our current situation is, and it's incredibly serious, we also need to acknowledge that what it does is it merely heightens the reality that is always there. Namely, that as human beings, we're mortal. Right? Coronavirus might bring forward our death, but it doesn't matter how young we are or old we are, day by day we're moving closer to death. We're limited in the time that we have available to us. And science and medicine, as brilliant as they are, can never offer us eternal life. As the words of our psalm in verses 15 and 16 say, the life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone and its place remembers it no more. Our mortality is not just a problem for this present crisis. It's a human reality that we need to deal with. And we do well to think about the words of another psalm, Psalm 90, which in verse 12 says this, the words will be on the screen. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. God, help me to know and to acknowledge what you know about me. That my days on earth are finite and limited. Teach me to count them. Teach me to make good use of them. Teach me to use my life well to love and to invest in relationships and to do life the way that you want me to do life, as you've designed me for doing life. I want to use my life in that way. So give me a heart of wisdom, God, that I might use my life well, that I might use the days that I've got for good. God knows that we're mortal. God knows that we're dust, that we're like the grass of the fields. God knows that truth, and we need to acknowledge it about ourselves. But the two truths in this psalm that we know about God help us to deal with the fact that we are mortal and limited. So this psalm gives us two things that we know about God. Firstly, God is in control. And secondly, God loves us. Maybe the key words in this psalm, if you go through it, are the words love and compassion. Verse 4, God crowns us with love and compassion. Verse 8, God is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. Verse 11, God's love is so high that it's as high as the heavens are above the earth. And then in the lead up to the section where it talks about God knowing that we as humans are made of dust, in verse 13 we read, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. God knows our frailties, our anxieties, our fears, our griefs, our uncertainty. And just like a father who has concern when their children are troubled or there's something wrong, God wants to gather us in to show compassion, to show his love to us. In the midst of all that is happening at the moment, in the midst of all of the changes, please know this. 
God loves you. God is a compassionate father who cares about you and what you are going through at the moment. If you're joining this stream and maybe you've never even walked into a church or it's not usually your thing, maybe you don't know that much about God, you're not really sure what it's all about, and you don't really know what it means to be a follower of Jesus, please hear this. At the heart of it is the fact that God loves you. God is a compassionate father who cares deeply for you. And if you would like to know more about what that means and what that looks like and how you can actually experience that in your life and live it out, we would love as a church to help you with that. A good starting point might be to listen to some podcasts that we've put together called Christianity Explored, which you can find through our website. That is go through some of the basics about what it's all about so that you might experience more deeply God's deep love for you as a loving heavenly father who wants a relationship with you and cares about everything that's going on in your life. Verse 17 of our passage sums it up pretty well, I reckon. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. You know, in our humanity, we might be frail and limited and mortal, but God's love is from eternity past to eternity future. And he is committed, we're told, to those who fear him, that is, to those who are committed to him, who center their lives on him, who trust him and want to follow him in obedience in the way that they live their lives. I'm reminded of these great words from uh, Romans chapter 8. Again, they'll be on the screen. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, not even a global pandemic, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God loves us in the midst of what we're experiencing. God is a compassionate Father who knows our frailties and will be with us now and will be with us forever. Which brings us to the second thing that we know about God from reading this psalm. As well as being totally loving, God is also sovereign. He is in charge. He is king. You know, the word corona in coronavirus comes from the Latin word meaning crown because the virus is kind of shaped or looks like a crown. And at this time, it's good to remember that the one who really wears the crown, the one who really is king, is not a virus, but is God. God is the one who is in charge and in control, even in the midst of this global crisis. That's how the psalm ends, reminding us that God is in charge. Look at verse 19. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. 
There's someone seated on the throne of the universe and in charge, even amidst the chaos that is happening around the world. He's got angels that he commands. And all of creation comes under his good and loving rule. At the moment where everything seems out of control, where the things that we have banked on are being stripped away, not being able to gather with people like we usually do, not being able to walk into the supermarket and have our choice of whatever we want. I mean, you know, toilet paper has become a luxury item. It's, it's, it's lucky if you can get it. Some of you would have lost work or your hours have been cut back. People who are reliant on their investments or their superannuation have seen the stock market plummet and there's not that reliability that was there that they've been relying on in the past. Right? Because we live in a, a, a wealthy and free society, we have this illusion that we're in control because most of the time we can control what's going on. But coronavirus has reminded us that part of our human frailty, our mortality, our limitations is that we can't actually command and control things in the way that we sometimes pretend to. We're not in control, and this situation has shown us that. But there is one who is, the God of the universe. He is completely sovereign, completely in charge of our world. Even in the midst of great confusion and uncertainty, even when we're not sure what's going to happen next and what changes we're going to have to encounter, even in this week that lies ahead of us. It's good to know that God is seated on that throne, that God is in charge, and that God can even work good in a very bad situation. Again, I'm reminded of another verse from Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, 28. We know that in all things, God works for good for those who love him. God can and God will work good things even in a bad situation. Which brings us back to that command that we were looking at right at the beginning. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What are the good things that God has given you? What are the good things that God is doing now in us and through this situation? You know, I gave the kids an activity at the start of the service to draw the good things, but frankly, it's a good activity for people of any age to remember and to write down the good things that God has done for us and to keep naming them, particularly in this situation where it seems really hard and gloomy, and it is really hard and gloomy. And this psalm goes through a fantastic little list of the things that God has done for us in verses 3 to 5, which work as a good summary for us to finish on. God forgives our sins. Right. The worst virus in human history is not coronavirus. It's actually sin. Sin is our rejection of God and doing life in our own way rather than God's way. But God has dealt with this virus of sin. He's done it through his son, Jesus Christ, and his death on the cross. 
so that there's nothing that stands between us and God, no separation because of our sin, because God has forgiven the wrong things that we've done and enables us to have a relationship with himself. God heals our diseases. What a great thing that is to know at the moment, that we can pray that God would heal us if we get sick, that we can pray for protection for the loved ones in our life. We can pray that God would give wisdom to medical researchers, to scientists, to those medical teams that are working to find a solution and to help people who have coronavirus. We're told that God redeems our lives from the pit. The pit is an image for death. So that even if those prayers for healing are not answered, even if we do face death, that death is not the end, that God can rescue us from death. God has raised his son Jesus from the dead. He's demonstrated his power over death. And Jesus has promised that for those who trust in him, death is not the end. He will take us to be with him and we will be in the presence of God forever. We're also told that God satisfies our desires with good things. We spend a lot of time, don't we, seeking after things which may not be the best things for us. And we're in a season right at this moment where everything's been stripped away. It's almost like the reset button in our lives has been hit in a way that it's never happened before. And it's a chance to re-examine our lives and to ask God, what is actually the best thing for me? What are the things that you want me to do with my life? What are the desires that will truly satisfy me, God? In a workaholic and busy society, we're being forced to stop. And this could be a chance for us to rest in a way that we don't normally allow ourselves. This could be an opportunity for building relationships with other people, our family or close friends, in a way that our busyness sometimes blocks. We can't do it physically, which is difficult, but we can do it digitally, we can do it through a phone call or even an old-fashioned letter. This is a chance to go deeper with God, to dig deeper in God's word and understand what he has done for us and what he says to us, a chance to deepen our relationship with God through prayer, to really take that time to get to know this loving and compassionate Heavenly Father who deeply desires a relationship with each one of us. Now is a time where we've got more time to do that. What is the good that God might work in your life through this situation? What are the benefits that God has given you that you can take hold of in the midst of what is a very, very difficult global situation? Let me close by praying a prayer. Heavenly Father, whatever happens today, it doesn't catch you off guard. It doesn't diminish your love for us. Whatever happens today, you are still bigger. You are still in charge. Whatever happens today, you can bring good from it and further your purposes. You are with us 
and for us. Whatever happens today, we continue to choose to trust you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus, our sustainer, our guide, our provider, and our protector. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek.